Hello ladies, welcome to the Wait for Rest podcast. I'm your host, Kim. You've been called to a purpose that is beyond anything you could imagine. Your value is priceless. God has entrusted you to represent a picture of Christ's church. It's important to know because Jesus is coming back for his bride, the church. Once he comes, those who are a part of his church will have access to God's eternal rest. Ladies, you are valuable because in everything that you do, God has asked you to paint a beautiful picture of Christ's church so that through you, others may come to receive God's gift of eternal rest. But first, you must know his rest for yourself. Well, ladies, we all need rest, and not just any rest, God's rest. It starts with understanding your value and ends with exchanging your weight for his rest. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the Wait for Rest podcast. You know what? If you're watching it on YouTube, I know you're looking at me thinking, why is she in her bed? (laughs) Yes. You know what? It's been a very rough start to this year. Very interesting. Um, I'm not feeling well, but uh, I can still speak. So I'm doing my very best to go ahead and pursue this podcast. So ever since I started this podcast, January 1st, I have come down with this extreme sickness to my stomach, uh, pain and sickness I've not ever had before. And um, I am going to share a little bit more about that in the next episode. But let me tell you, ladies, I definitely came very close to quitting this podcast. And obviously, I do believe that's the enemy trying to discourage me, trying to distract me. But every time that I try to give up, one of you ladies <laughs> randomly decides to shoot me a text, a message, an email or something encouraging me, telling me, hey, they that you all listened to one of the episodes and you were encouraged. So it's like the Lord is using you all to get me to keep going and to continue to pursue this podcast. So uh, those of you all that have reached out to me, um, I want to say thank you so much. You have no idea how much they have pushed me to keep going and doing what I believe the Lord has asked of me to do. So before we get started, I definitely want to pray before we get started because I'm now going to start jumping into uh, what I really believe the Lord wants me to share about his rest. And it, it's, a, it's a difficult topic for me to talk about truthfully, because it's not something that I really believed in myself. It's not something that I can say last year I was confident in it. Um, as a matter of fact, I disagreed with everything I'm probably going to start sharing with you all. So it's it definitely has to be the Lord who placed this on my heart. Do I think that it's for everyone? No, I don't think that it's everyone's going to maybe relate. I don't think that everyone's going to agree, Um, but I'm not here to try to convince you to agree with me. I'm only here to share with you what the Lord has put on my heart to change me for for the better. Um, And so because he has taught it to me, I definitely can't help but to share with you because I do believe there are some ladies out there that will be encouraged and may want to pursue um, the route that God has put me in and has freed me to find rest in him. So before we get started, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity once again to talk about um, the gift that you have freely offered for us, Lord, through your death so that we can find rest in God our Father. Lord, I pray that you would guide my lips and everything that I say to it today, Lord. 
Help me, Lord, to uh, be pleasing and acceptable to you in your sight, Jesus, as I speak about something that is so um, so touchy, Lord. It, it, I don't want to offend anyone, Lord. I don't want to say anything out of turn or anything that is not uh, correct, anything out of context, Lord. I pray that you would use this to just warm a, a woman's heart today that may need this, Lord, and that may just need the encouragement or a new shift in life. Lord, I pray that you would just um, speak through me, Lord. Lord, I pray that you are seen through it all, nothing to do with me, um, but everything to do with you. Lord, I trust that you're going to guide this this uh, episode today. I love you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. So uh, if you have not already listened to the episodes, the two episodes before this one, Pursuing God's Rest and How Did I Get Here, I do strongly advise you to go ahead and listen to those because I do not want you to get uh, lost <laughs> in what I'm talking about. I do think you can listen to this and not listen to those, but you may have lots of questions. So um, I, I'm, I've been very hesitant to talk about this topic. I, I said that before because First and foremost, I really don't want to offend anyone. I also do not want you all to think that I am better than you or I have figured it out or um, that I'm trying to make you change what you are doing. That is not uh, the intent here. It's just simply to share what I believe is God's heart for you and um, and what I, I know he has taught me and changed me and and it, it may not do anything for you, but it may it may do something for you. So uh, previous episode, I was talking about my biggest concern about my value. And uh, that day that I had left my job, I remember sitting on the couch and I just said, Lord, I don't have value. And I don't know how I can pursue something that you've asked of me to do. And I just don't know the value of it. Um, I feel like maybe um, people are going to perceive it as me doing zero. Yeah, I want to write about rest, but I'm doing, you know, nothing at home or whatever. So I was... um, definitely battling with pride, obviously, the way I looked in this situation. So where's my value? And (laughs) it's interesting, before we get started here, um, before I start to share with you what the Lord brought to my attention, I want to read a verse that I want us to focus on every time we start this uh, another episode from here on out because from here on out from this episode on out we are going to start talking a lot about letting go of uh, certain things that we're carrying that we could possibly let go of in order to receive god's rest some unnecessary weights that we may be holding on to that we could actually let go of in order to rest uh, freely rest in God. So the verse that comes to mind for me is Matthew eleven twenty nine. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Last verse says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is Jesus. Remember, ladies, this is Jesus talking. This is not God. This is not God the Father. This is Jesus. Yes, Jesus is um, a person of God. But in this picture, this is the Son of God speaking. And he's saying, hey, 
if you have burdens, if you have, if you're, you know, the work and the labor that you're carrying, um, anything that is weighing you down, give it to me because I want to exchange that for my yoke. I want to exchange that for my burden because he's saying whatever you're carrying in exchange for what I want you to carry, I guarantee it's a lot lighter. And I, I want to give you that. So as we move forward, we're going to talk about some things that I know personally myself that I was holding on to um, unnecessarily. Lots of weights that I've been holding on to that the Lord has uh, so freely offered to take it from me and exchange it for his rest. So let's uh, dive into this because when we move forward, we're going to discuss how can we let go of anything that we're holding on to in exchange for God's rest? Or what is it that we need to let go of so that we can take on his yoke and make our burdens lighter? So back to the couch. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch and I'm asking God, what, where's my value? And interestingly enough, the the Bible of chapters in Genesis chapter two and three came to my mind. I don't know why, ladies, because, okay, what does Adam and Eve have to do anything with my value, right? That was my first thought. And I'm thinking, I don't need to read those chapters. I think I know everything I need to know about Adam and Eve. <laughs> and But the pressure in my heart was, read Genesis 2 and 3. And I thought, okay, I'll open it up. So I'm going to flip to it right now. I actually have my Bible in front of me. And I'm not going to read everything, ladies. I'm just going to read a few things that stood out to me. Um, so I'm reading Genesis chapter two, and this is just kind of talking about, I'm, I'm skipping to verse 15. Um, and it says, the Lord God took the man, that's Adam, and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Okay, so that's just the Lord, you know, telling Adam, don't eat this tree, the fruit of this tree, because if you do, you're going to die. But I'm going to uh, rewind back to uh, verse 8, where it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the river went out to Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Okay, I'm trying to find the verse <laughs> where God um, had Adam take care of the land. Okay, so let's back up to verse 7. Um, no, I don't want to read that verse either. <laughs> you know, it would have been nice if I was just a little more prepared here. But I'm, I'm, I don't want to take up all the time. But if you go through Genesis chapter 2, what you're going to see is, uh, yeah, it's actually in the first few verses. You're going to see where God created, you know, Adam. And he there's the animals, there's, there's this land here. But it also says that God needed a man to cultivate the land. And he teaches Adam to to take care of the land and, you know, feed these animals, name these animals. I mean, Adam knew how to do it all. I mean, he was in such a good relationship with, with God that like, I mean, this man was 
he really knew how to do it all. And but God saw fit that hey, you, you can have a helper. And so he he brings Eve into the picture, and everything was already provided for. Her. I think that's the most beautiful thing about this chapter that she really didn't have to do anything except help him with what was already provided. And I I thought I thought about that a little bit, but didn't ponder it too much. I went over to chapter three, and I skimmed through a lot here. And we're gonna we're gonna dive more into these chapters later on in other episodes. But I want to focus particularly on on a specific topic today. So I'm just going to go ahead and go to chapter three and um, down to the verses that's talking about the curse. And so there were curses that happened to Adam and Eve because of uh, the sin they got involved with. So uh, verse 14, it says, the Lord God said unto the serpent, no, we're not going to read the serpent's part. We're going to go to um, verse 16. Um, it says unto the woman, he said, that's Eve, I will greatly multiply thy, thy sorrow and the conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children and your desire shall be to your husband and he shall rule over you. Okay. So I thought, well, well, it's clear. We, we already know Eve messed up here <laughs> and now, you know, her story is not our story, but clearly this is why we have the pain that we go through with birth. Okay. And it also says that we, the desire we, we have as a woman, if you want to get married, that should just be to your husband. And then, you know, and he's going to rule over you, which means he, he, not like he's sergeant, he's this, you know, control freak. No, it's just that he's going to be in authority over you. And that means that God is going to be in authority over him. So he still has someone to answer to as well. Okay. But then you go down to Eve's, I mean, Adam's curse. And it says unto Adam, he said, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and sorrow. Shall you eat of it all the days of your life? Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to you and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, thou shalt um, in the sweat of your face shalt thou eat bread till you return into the ground for out of it was you were you taken and for dust you are and unto dust shall you return and I'm just like okay there's like four verses talking about Adam's curse and I'm and I sat and thought about that to tell you the truth yes I read through those two chapters but specifically those two verses stood out to me and I thought <clears throat> why is Adam's curse so heavy? Like, I mean, yeah, our curse as a woman, we're, it's, it's quite heavy, but Adam's was fairly large. And when I thought about that, no lie, ladies, and I'm, I'm not making this up because I've never thought of this in my entire life. I don't know if I'm the only one that has ever thought of this, uh, but I, this is what the Holy Spirit, I believe, brought to my attention. And the thought was, Kim, are you owning up to the curse that you've been given? Or are you trying to take on a curse as, are you trying to take on your curse as a woman and also the curse of your husband? And I thought, hmm, this is an interesting question because, you know, when I read these verses, and this is obviously in, in God's perfect will, not this does not negate or take away the fact that we are in a fallen world, and in a fallen world, there are 
there are real life situations that happen that put us in cases where, you know, it will not match up to what God's perfect design is for us as humans, right? But in this case, the picture here is that God desires that the man is the provider, that he he is the one that goes out and works for his home. It says that, you know, even in his working, the thorns and thistles will come up like every the harder he works, the harder it's going to get. That's what he says, even until he goes into the ground. But, you know, you, you never see it says, hey, women, at any time, you know, you feel your husband feels like um, you're needed to do to take on this responsibility. You must do it. Um, or nor does he say you have to do it. Now, I'm not saying, ladies, that it's wrong to work. Please don't please do not take me um twist my words in that area okay because i do believe god calls women to work okay as a matter of fact he calls all of us to work that is not the case you should not be lazy at all um but in this particular case the question that came to me was kim i i'm, I'm talking specifically about the provider aspect okay ladies because in my case I had become very dominant in this role as a provider of our home. And I, maybe there are some ladies that can relate to me. I can, I'm not saying my husband put me in this situation. I'm not saying he, he's told me you need to do this. He did not ever do that. Um, but my life, <laughs> the way I um, grew up in my mentality, I felt like I was needed to do it. And, you know, when I went into the home, when I got married, I was thinking, you're not going to catch me being lazy an hour. I'm going to show you, you got you men, women can do it too. Um, we can, we can do it. If not better, we can do more, we can make more. And my heart just honestly was, wasn't right. Um, and, you know, without realizing it, I had slipped into this, uh, role of leadership not because my husband was um, telling me he needed me, uh, but because, well, from the outside in, I was doing more than him. So I will say this is what it was. My husband was going into law school, okay? And um, he, he needed two years to learn and take the classes. And obviously the future end goal was that he was going to take over and provide for us. But I had gotten into this rut uh, because I was the I was the breadwinner for those two and a half years. And it it really got to me because I wanted to get involved with some things such as a real estate, which is a that is a job or a career that you get paid commission by. And I, I wanted to get involved with it, but I couldn't because it wasn't a salary or a promised income job. And it kind of made me sad because I thought, well, why can't he just, you know, be part-time school and full-time job, take care of it? This is not my job. And, you know, it's, it was kind of funny because before we had gotten married, I was like, oh, who do you think I am? I, I can work uh, 60 hours a week. I've done that all my life. How dare you think I can't do that? You know, I had this mentality of that and then it slapped me in my face, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to, to work, but I didn't really care about the provider aspect. Uh, you know, I just wanted to do something that, that, um, I, I was a desire in my heart. Um, 
but it, it, it put me in a place where I started to disrespect my husband. And I'm not saying that if you're working women, you're going to start disrespecting your husband. I'm, I'm speak, speaking strictly about myself because I, I was on the outside and doing more. If, if the person from the outside and looked at it, they would think, oh, she's, she's taking care of her home, but she's also working. Um, you know, so someone could say, oh, she's doing, she's holding more. Okay. So it had gotten to me and I, of course, I began to demand respect because, well, if I'm feeding you and I'm paying the bills, sh yeah, surely, um, respect me. And um, I remember there were arguments that my husband and I had, um, and it was it was not something that I'm proud of, but, you know, we would argue and dispute. And I remember there would be times that he would say he didn't feel loved, and I would say I didn't feel respect. It was so interesting how we had switched <laughs> these roles of, you know, husband being respected, as the Bible says, uh, that you would, your husband would rule over you, and you're supposed to be, your heart supposed to be desired to your husband, and wives respect your husband. But I had slipped into this leadership role of you respect me. Um, and I'm speaking more about provider more specifically because that was the main thing the world was teaching me that I had placed my identity in what I can provide. Um, and so not understanding that the Lord had already given that responsibility to my husband. Now, I don't, I don't um, regret marrying my husband and, and having to work, but do I think it would have been easier if, if I would have waited and until he was, you know, um, fully ready to to be an attorney and then we we got married and he had this job and took care of us oh a thousand percent sure i i think it would have been easier um i didn't know any of this in the past now that i do and i look back i don't want to change it because i'm very thankful for the things that the lord taught me in that time but uh do i believe it would have been easier absolutely do i believe i was doing anything wrong i don't think so because i knew the end game that was that my husband was was he was working towards a goal of being a provider of our home, but it really changed my heart, ladies. And so the reason why I'm focusing on this is because there's rest in understanding what your curse is that God is, God is cursed <laughs> the, the man and the woman with. Not that I believe that there is mercy in these curses as well, because not to understand that God has not forced you women to be the provider of your home. He's not forced you to do that. If you want to do that, sure. But remember, the Bible does not say that you have to. He's actually cursed the men to do that. And it's it's actually an honor for, for a man to provide for your home because he's supposed to be a picture of Christ. God has already said that he wants the men to represent his son. And what an honor it is that God has called men to look like his son. And looking like his son comes with this aspect of taking care of his home and providing and we women you don't have to do that but once again <laughs> i do not want to overlook the truth of situations in the world that really have happened there are lots of cases where a woman really is necessary for her to 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 work right husband may be sick husband may be disabled um who knows sickly ch children i don't know the case but you know all i'm saying is if there is an opportunity that 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 comes that god opens the door for you to be at home 
or to work from your home and use your home as your resource so that you can spread your wings and be this entrepreneur from your home and make and sell and all these things that you could do even more with um, while your husband provides for you in your home, um, why not? Why not? Because he has, obviously this is, that's his perfect plan and what he would have loved for it to look like for everyone. But we also understand that that's not going to always happen. And it's, it's impossible to be perfect. But I think about the biggest problem I struggle with was a heart issue. I didn't want to be in, in this place. I didn't, I made fun of women, which is, I'm very ashamed of that, but I made fun of women and say, said, I would never want to be at home. Never. Um, I, I had always said, I felt bad for them because, oh, they're stuck at home and they can't be like me, this businesswoman, and, and all these things, um, which though that's such a terrible mentality because there are tons of women that are businesswomen and they use their home as their resources. I mean, they're probably way well off than I ever was, you know, and so it was just this mentality that that the world defines my value, my worth, and God, God says that's that's not true. And I'm going to go deeper into this in further further episodes. But I really hope this this encourages someone today that may think there may be some women that feel like, well, I can't. Uh, they may feel like, I believe I do have the opportunity, but my husband. Um, wants me to or I, I feel like I do have the opportunity but I'm, I'm I don't trust my husband to that's a part that's that's a bigger issue too and I think that that was one of my problems as well um, where you just feel like you don't really trust him to do what God has called him to do if that's the case ladies I do want to encourage you to remember God literally created him to do that he literally created, look at Adam. Adam did it without a degree. Adam did it with just God on his side. And Jesus, Jesus had to do it with God holding his hand. Everything that Jesus did in his walk was in reference to his father. He couldn't do anything, no miracle, no provision for his church, for his disciples, unless God was helping him. And so your husband is very well and capable of doing so. You have to trust that God has made him to do that. And, um, so if that's the case, ladies, I would say that's a weight you're carrying unnecessarily. You can be free of that. Um, but ladies, this is not just for married women. Keep that in mind. This is also for single women too. This is for all women because, you know, if you are a woman that knows Jesus, okay, if you know Jesus, your, your lead, the head of your life is Jesus Christ. That is the person that is here to provide, take care of you, um, and to, to, literally meet your needs. And if you're, whatever you're doing, whether you're working, whether you are um, at home and, and making, selling, whatever it is, if Jesus is not the forefront of your life, then that's where I say you have to, you have to reconsider. Because um, I'm going to scroll down here because I took some notes and I want to make sure I'm not missing um, what I wanted to say. Uh, but in everything that you do, you need to ask yourself, if, is God at the front of your life? So as a single woman, if you know Jesus, he is still the lead of your life. And the question for you would be in your work, is Christ leading me in, in the aspects of my life and what I'm doing? Do I think I'm the source of my life and Christ is just my resource? In my work that I do, is Christ being known or is it me? 
you know? So you have to really understand that you are, if you know Jesus, you are still not the lead of your life. You answer the Christ who is, who, who answers to God. And so, um, you still are under an authority and you know it's just a little different for us married women where you know god has asked the man to look like christ and so we are supposed to live in a way that keeps our husband at the forefront where we're pushing him to look more and more like christ i mean hey you're supposed to look like christ provide for us hey you're supposed to look like christ hey um go out and and um make right decisions you know walk with the lord and lead us because with god you can do it when we put ourselves in situations where we don't trust him to do what God has called him to do, um, especially in the provider role, I think that that's one of the characteristics or maybe one of the qualifications of a, a leader that a lot of women overstep in because we, we feel like we have to, we feel like we need to, we feel like we can't, or we feel like we don't trust. Um, and, and, and when you don't trust your husband, remember that's also not trusting Jesus. <laughs> That's not trusting Jesus. And so in whatever way you decide to act towards your husband, you're acting that way towards Christ. And it's, it is almost like a slap in the face to Christ. So, you know, I want to stop there because I, I just wanted to just talk specifically about our curses and how we should find rest in the curse and the mercy and the grace that God has given us through the curse that, hey, anytime we're going through this pain of childbirth, anytime we're going through this suffering of managing our home and obeying and, you know, following our husbands, all of that, we can remember that we can rest in God because God has asked us to follow him first. And in following him first, it causes us to follow our husband and push our husband to take and carry a weight that God has given him. You know, sometimes we, we take too much in our hands to carry when God has only given us two hands to carry what he's created us to carry. We'll talk about that a little later, but we're going to stop here. And next episode, we're going to dive just a little bit more into this. I really pray that this encouraged someone and didn't offend anyone. That was not my intention. If it did, I do apologize. But I just want to, I really hope that uh, someone today can uh, let go of something that they've been carrying that God has never intended for them to carry. And if the opportunity arises, take it, take it so that you can be more and more uh, the way Christ wants you to be. Ladies, don't forget, if you're wondering how can you support this podcast, the best way to support it is to share with as many women as possible. You know, we women have to encourage each other. We have to encourage each other to rest, especially in a time that we are living in now. We all deserve and desire rest. So the best way to support is to share the podcast with any woman you can think of. This is for anybody, any woman, any lady of any age, share it. Also, you could like the podcast on Apple and Spotify. You can rate it if you think it's good, if it's been encouraging. Also on YouTube, if you could subscribe, hit that subscribe button and also share it as well. But most importantly, I do love feedback. So if, if there's something that has encouraged you, something you want to hear more of on my website, you could check it out. You could scroll down to the email list. I would love if you sign up for the mailing list so that I can send you notes of encouragement every week, as well as give you updates on the book. But also here uh, is where you can leave a comment for any feedback of the podcast, how it has encouraged you mostly. So thank you so much, ladies. I look forward to talking to you soon. God bless. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Wait for Rest podcast. To stay updated with future episodes, the book release, and more, visit www.wait-for-rest.org. And remember, Jesus says to come to him if you're tired and if you have any burdens. And it's through him that you will find God's rest. Until next time.